not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to the Get Real podcast, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture movies and TV shows. As always, my name's Sam, and with me today is my co-host, Chris. Hello! Nothing no, witty today. Nothing witty today, I didn't really think These it was These are serious times! Extremely serious times. I didn't think it was quite suitable to do anything super witty today, so... The world is collapsing around us, and we're just here to comment on the bonfire. The world is certainly collapsing, Chris. What is actually collapsing by... No stretch of the imagination is the cinema experience right now, isn't it? The movie-making industry. Yeah, movie-making, movie-watching, pretty much everything is having a slight struggle, to say the very least, right now. hope none of you wanted to watch any films lately, for the next, like, six months. Yeah, they're all incredibly Uh, delayed and... Yeah, so this week we're going to reflect a little bit on everything that's going on, a bit of news as well, uh, and just really kind of chat about a very interesting article and a couple of very interesting thoughts about what the cinema experience could look like after the outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. Big yikes. Big yikes. However, potentially for you know some viewers, it might change in a way that's more suitable for people's lifestyles. We awesome. don't know. Uh, One but, good thing will come out of this, I can say. What would that be, Chris? More time to watch Netflix and other streaming services. Absolutely. <laughs> At least you can catch up on everything now, can't you? Yeah. There's that much content being made that you can't keep up with everything, but, I mean, social isolation. Yeah, there's uh, definitely... Good excuses to catch up on everything due to self-isolating and stuff, isn't there? So. We are definitely socially isolating. You've isolating got some and... bits to talk about, Chris, in terms of figures and updates and stuff, so we do you have... want to take it away? We've got plenty of news coming out as well, so I'll just go through the articles as I've got them, and I'll try and touch on some of the more newsy stuff before we get onto the meat and the veg of the situation, which is... Uh, Very balanced, healthy diet, Chris. (laughs) Yes, we've got to stay healthy in these times. So the first story that I've come across is that Avatar 2 is going to continue production despite the corona outbreak. So Which, this is the first one that I've heard of that is still going. Yeah, so to to clarify, Avatar 2 right now, is it actually in full production or is it in pre-production? Or? It is in production. What it says is they are taking a break from live action filming. That is delayed. Okay. But in the meantime, they're taking this time to do more of the VFX heavy shots. So have you seen now how they've got the they've got it so that you can see the CGI world that's been built in inside of the camera? Oh, okay. James Cameron is able to move that camera physically and it's moving it within the digital realm. So they're going to be doing a lot more shots like that. And a lot more of the CGI modeling. Cinema tech and filming tech just got so Ooh. crazy. We've had the whole 3D space with... LED um, screens. Yeah, The Mandalorian, you know, Lucasfilm smashing that. And then you've got this. It's just this, woof, movies being made like you've never seen them made before. It was the producer, John Lauda, that has confirmed that they will not be taking a full hiatus. It's just a live action live action production in New Zealand has live been delayed. Action. Live action. Cool. So that is one bit of good news. Not everything has shut down production by the looks of it. No. While we're on more news before getting too heavily to it, you brought this to my attention. Army Hammer Batman Cal from the long delayed, as in it was cancelled years ago, <laughs> film Justice League Mortal has been revealed. And I've got it up in front of me. Have you seen this? I have seen it, yeah, yeah. It's like a brat, like a light brown yeah. cowl. Yeah, it's a horrible colour. Yeah, I think that just was the. Yeah, that was just the mould, I think. Yeah. In the, so, the latex there. <laughs> the latex mould. Like, this looks... Like, the face looks a lot like Ben Affleck's Batman cowl, but then mm. the ears look very much... Do you not think this looks very much like the Rob, Robert Battenbat? Robert Battenbat. No, it looks nothing like it. Do you not think? No, it looks nothing like it. Well, I just thought, like, how far the, the mouth kind of goes back. If you bring up... Yeah, I don't think the the forehead or the ears do, but like, if you look at the... This looks like Batfleck, but this bit looks like Michael Keaton. You know where he can't turn his neck? Yeah, true, actually. And it's all yeah. big ears as well. Like, Ignore me, it looked different in my head. <laughs> 
I don't just know one why, of those like Mandela effects you remember it being put, very like, wrinkles on the top of it. Scowls. Yeah, they've oh. even given crow's feet as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've tried to make this Batman look really old and pissed off. Like, yeah. Army Hammer I'm is a like, goddamn bet. <laughs> he's like the complete wrong person to do that because he's quite a youngish guy. Yeah, especially so. 10 years ago when this film was meant to have been made. He definitely was a lot more youthful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Batman's going to be there with the cane just like, yeah, you get off my Gotham, you get off my property. Get off my property. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that was that's interesting that we're still finding stuff out about this film years after it was meant to be Yeah, I think the share of that was because the uh, whoever it was that shared it, I think you might have it in front of you on there. It's Ryan Unicomb. And does it say who he was? I think he was a um, prop designer or something that was on the film um, at the time. It says it was made at Weta Workshop in New Zealand, which is cool. Uh, while we're on lockdown, I feel like... We need to inject some cool shit That's into it. the community. Here's one of Army Hammer's Cal from Justice League Mortal. It doesn't say what he was on the thing. It probably says um, filmmaker. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, That's Do you got any more news on your side, Chris, to talk about? Um, delays, delays, delays. Delays. Let's um, talk delays. Let's get up to date with delays. So we've had quite a lot in terms of Delays already in the form of uh, No Time to Die, uh, Quiet Place Part 2, Mulan. Black Widow has unfortunately joined the list of films that has been delayed. Has it been delayed indefinitely? Do we have a new date? I don't think we do. I think it's just been delayed until this, the whole situation. They can't really put an end date on it. And I doubt any any movies and stuff are going to come out before... At least very much before cinemas reopen, they're not going to want to take any risks. Uh, I imagine it's probably been delayed indefinitely. Any luck? It's unclear when the film will be released. Okay, cool. So, so yes, it's it sounds indefinite. Yeah, this is a bit of a blow, but this film's going to get a big audience no matter when it comes out, I reckon. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's nearly as bad for Black Widow as it is for, say, New Mutants. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that's another one that's been delayed. <laughs> Yeah, by two years. I mean, every... every yeah. <laughs> Have you That's seen old the news. Me- you've seen the meme of um, uh, James Franco with the news around his neck. It's like, oh, it's your first time. Yeah. And it's just there like, um, Black Widow has been delayed, New Mutants. Oh, it's your first time. Oh, there's another meme as well where it's like, you won't let me live, you won't let me die. And it's like just the New Mutants. But I can't think of where that meme's from. <laughs> That's fine. I haven't seen this. There's a lot of really uh, funny, funny memes. I think at this point, they'll just be better off dropping it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that with the New Mutants because they didn't pay to produce the film, did they? I mean, that was paid by Fox and obviously that would have come out of the merger when, well, the merger, the takeover. The dictatorship of the the mouse himself, <laughs> the house, of the mouse. iron fist of mouse, <laughs> taking over Fox. But you know, I mouse mean, of what, steel. oh, it's 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 the, the you won't let me live, you won't let me die is the thing in Justice League where Superman comes back. Oh, <laughs> that's well, the meme. Oh, I'm just seeing the screenshot there with his horrible fake upper lip. Oh, <laughs> he looks like he's sucking his top lip in, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me my mustache back. Funny. Anyway, we've we've uh, established where that meme came from. Yes, I, th- I don't think it'd be the worst move to put this film out on streaming. Uh, New Mutants. Yeah, New yeah. Mutants. Yeah, yeah, not Black Widow because no. that's gonna go gangbusters at the box office. Yeah, but she's dead. How are they making a film when she's dead? Yeah. Speaking of releases on to a streaming platform. We've seen, is it Universal are dropping quite a few of their current cinema releases onto... Yeah, so we're going to get onto that, onto the main topic. So um, for those that are waiting for certain films to come out on streaming services, uh, the Universal Pictures 
movie row movie roster is the invisible man and the hunt as well as the upcoming trolls world tour film they're going to be available to rent from this friday uh, which will be last Friday when you're listening to this uh, in the US. I don't know whether it's been confirmed at all for the UK, but it's going to be available on on-demand platforms as well. So The Invisible Man came out into cinemas like really recently, and was it? Um, uh, it was, I think it was about three weeks ago now. Yeah, in the and UK then, four weeks ago in the US. The Hunt was only very recently as well. Yeah, um, but they'll be available to stream. Which, to be fair, I think it is probably a good move. I think The Invisible Man has had the bulk of the views that it was going to get in the cinema. Mm-hmm. So this will, while the hype is still big on it, capitalise on it. Also, people aren't going to the cinema due to, obviously, lockdowns and stuff like that. People aren't really gathering in social areas, so people aren't going to the cinema. We've also now had it confirmed that Bloodshot will make it onto movies on demand. Oh. And it's only been out in the cinemas for 11 days worldwide. I've heard surprisingly good things about bloodshot to be fair i've heard that it's not like you're best not reading anything about it before you go in but you'd actually be quite it could potentially be a good cult film like a good cult following i've heard anyway i mean i might be completely wrong and just be trying out my ass but i heard um if you've seen the trailer you've seen the film and you don't need to see it (laughs) yeah i think that's what i've heard Um, as well actually yeah i think if it didn't do that it would have it would have been a lot more of an interesting surprise and watch the there are some rumors that warner brothers might follow suit with black widow's delay with wonder woman 84 that's due out in the uk Around 5th of June. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. We've already seen that Minions 2 has been delayed, but mm. that's not due to come out until July. So mm. this is like the furthest back film that we've got so far that's been delayed. Yeah, so I mean... Which is pretty crazy at the moment, the delaying stuff from July. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they've probably got a lot riding on Wonder Woman 84. Uh, what, 1984? 84? Yeah. Wonder, uh, WW84. Yeah. WW84. Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, they've got a lot riding on that film. I wouldn't be surprised if they push it back just to... I mean, the thing is now, is how are movie studios meant to schedule their releases to try to avoid other studios' releases? Well, I've got an article here about Disney's movie delays uh, causing issues with their calendar issues. Mm, So MCU problems and all that, potentially. Well, that's the thing. Like, If Wonder Woman comes... Wonder Woman was meant to come out, I think, in December, and they pushed it back to June yeah. to spend more time on it, which, good. Which fine. I won't complain about. And then, think about it, if that comes out in the, like, in what, like, six months' time, you've, you'll have Black Widow coming out around about a similar time. And then also, you'll have The Eternals, potentially, still. Mm. Like, what are Disney going to do? Are they going to bunch all their releases now at the end of the year, in the second half of the year? You think about it, it'll just be Disney fighting Disney. I mean, the thing is, is people will still go see these films. They'll just be, they won't get repeat viewings of stuff that obviously your Marvel and Dis- and you know Star Wars films tend to do really well on. But hmm, to be continued. So Disney have had three major films delayed now: Mulan, Black Widow, and New Mutants. In summer, they've got Soul coming out and Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. that's five films potentially delayed so if they push all them back it's just going to be taking money out of their own pockets yeah so it becomes difficult then are they going to push some of these back until first quarter of or first half of 2021 if so like that really seems to screw the pooch for marvel yeah although i think they were when they saying they were cutting back to only two marvel films a year instead of three yeah, which is why so we're getting Black Widow and Eternals in in twelve yeah. months, isn't it? So, and but I think they were focusing more on the streaming service and the TV shows. I think that's why they maybe limited it down to two a year, so that they could have the focus on yeah. that. It's more long form, isn't it? You're going to get more success if you're releasing a an eight episode series weekly. You know, you're going to spread that. Mm-hmm. That I think also, I think it was trying to avoid burnout as well. We've just had the major release of Endgame and the end of that phase. Mm. I think everyone they was wanted feeling to really slow, burnout, yeah. yeah, I think they wanted to slow it down a bit because last year we had Spider-Man File From Home, Endgame and Captain Marvel. Yeah, there was a point where 
there was just so much coming out in the cinema. Yeah. I think it was around the time Captain Marvel came out, there was just so much going on yeah. at once that you did feel almost a little bit burnt out. Especially, yeah. everyone had that feeling with Solo and Star Wars at that time where we were getting one every 12 months. Mm-hmm. And I think pushing that back two years definitely helped make it feel more like an event and avoided that burnout a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think the best plan for Marvel would probably be maybe you push it back and you release one this year so maybe have black widow at the end of the year Mm -hmm. that'll also help the sales that might have lost from maybe the hype dying down with it being delayed yeah so maybe if that's the only marvel movie that we get this year like marvel studios because we are getting morbius as well there's no word on that being delayed yet but if we just get black widow this year then because it's the only one it'll probably make up the viewers that it lost from it being delayed yeah and then next year put out three maybe put eternals in the first quarter of next year mm-hmm. and then go into what have we got coming out next year uh, Marvel wise um, you'll have Shang-Chi the, yeah you'll have another Spider-Man film yeah Shang-Chi, Spider-Man and then uh, Doctor Strange yeah Doctor yeah. Strange also Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey is meant to get uh, early video on demand release as well obviously off the back of the pandemic making sure people have got something to keep themselves busy we're actually talking as soon as the 24th of march what were those three films that you just said got announced it was trolls the hunt and the invisible man and the invisible man so when that was shortly revealed that they were coming out on home videos so shortly to give people something to watch during the pandemic and the close downs and everything Kathy Yen, the director of Birds of Prey, actually took to Twitter, like, quote, retweeting it, saying, I'll be perfectly happy with Birds of Prey doing this, get it out to more viewers, get it, give you all something to watch while you're stuck inside. Yeah, so well, I think she had a big hand in probably that going to streaming services so quick. I mean, with that kind of film, it's not like, you know, Star Wars, where people will still be going to the cinema to watch it weeks after it's been out. Mm-hmm. You've got nothing to lose by putting this film out yeah. earlier on video on demand. I think it might be the better thing for it with it not quite doing as well as they maybe thought, mm. possibly because of the R rating or because of the response to Suicide Squad. Yeah. So I think maybe this will like give it the second life, like the people that haven't had a chance to go see it in the cinema yeah, might go out and watch, like they'll make a point of watching it on demand and then get more buzz around it online and stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, it depends, like if it's movies on demand then you'll have to buy it through like amazon prime or apple movies yeah and stuff like that like so google they'll be earning movies. money from yeah. it so yeah. instead of a ticket sale you're getting half the price of a ticket sale probably per purchase yeah maybe even less but it get well, it brings those numbers up these, for the, it doesn't it like the the example that we'll talk about on the main topic is what you would pay for a video on google play movies or the itunes store you'd actually pay more than what you would do for a cinema ticket, but you have to think that if two of you went out to the cinema, mm. you would pay more for two or three of you if, you, you know, if you're taking a family than what it would be if you were renting it at home or like buying the copy at home, you know? Yeah, well... Like cinema tickets can get quite... Like I think, what is it? It was like, like 15 quid, 15 pound for us to go to the cinema, at, at our local one. Yeah, yeah. So like if three of us went, that's 45 pound. Yeah. So if you think like if if we had like a group of us and we bought that and watched it on demand at like one of our houses, well, that's you've... the thing. It typically costs about like three pound fifty to seven quid to rent a film. Yeah, depending on how new it is. Like so, that's half the price of a cinema ticket. So they're yeah. not earning nearly as much. Yeah, I think that... it's still better for them than nobody seeing it in cinema. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about this later. So we'll 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 blitz over the last little bits of news. Uh, Harry Potter 4K 3D re-release is going to help um, reopen Chinese movie theatres. Obviously, where we are right now is China is starting to come out of their pandemic. They've opened up, I think they've closed the last coronavirus hospital that they had set up for it. And they're starting to kind of return back a little bit now. But obviously, they've been dealing with this since like January. So I know at the beginning of the week, they had one new case. Yeah, so they've they've they're doing extremely well. So this will be a great way of supporting the opens. Kevin Smith uh, revealed that he was working on a Mallrats two and a Clerks three script while he's in self isolation. Yeah, so we knew he was doing this anyway, but 
He said while he's in self-isolation, he's going to just proper hammer it because he won't be going out recording his podcast, doing all the web shows that he does and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm excited for these because I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. And then another interesting little news story, and then we'll get on to the kind of the meat and bones of the topic. Netflix is urged to reduce streaming quality from HD to SD, so high definition to standard definition, uh, during the coronavirus crisis. And this is just because of the pure amount of traffic that's going to be going through (laughs) internet providers and stuff like that, I imagine. Save the networks, essentially, so everybody can view it without it crashing. Yeah, they are genuinely having these conversations because, you know, you've got that many people that are going to be working from home and just generally using their internet a hell of a lot more than what they normally would be. That you've got a, you know, it's like congestion with phone networks. You have to have the infrastructure there to be able to support it. And day to day, you will not have as many people as what we've currently got right now that are going to be bored and streaming and mm-hmm. stuff like that, especially when works and work and jobs start to close and stuff, you know? Well, that's the thing. Like with Netflix, they do put out publications of like when their peak times are for each country. Like, where the peak, their viewership's peak and stuff like that. But when you think people are going to be isolated, those the lulls are going to be much higher. You'll still get the peaks at the same time, probably. Yeah. Because it's just people's habits, but it'll be higher throughout the rest of the time. So if it's constantly higher, then the peaks are going to be higher as well. Yeah. So it's just a chance of just crashing it all completely. For sure. So what we wanted to really talk about this episode was the changes that could happen with how we you know how films are released and uh, how prominent the cinema experience will become maybe after how the world has dealt with this pandemic you know cinemas all over the world have closed down i mean you've got a couple of figures on kind of stock and stuff mm-hmm. and how that, how that's affected on the stock market obviously we know the stock market is virtually crashed but yeah so in the uk like our major chains for cinemas are Odeon, Cineworld, View, mm-hmm. I would say. Can't really think of any others. you got Empire as well, but they're mostly down in London. And they are all starting to close chains just temporarily while, obviously, the pandemic is spreading. Because if you let 200 people sit in a cinema together, it's going to spread, isn't it? Of course it is, yeah. Um, and also, people don't want to do that themselves, so they're losing out on money as it is. You need to think they have to pay every time like they show a film as well. Like you have to pay for the rights to show the film, so it, it's just costing too much. So if they can close more cinemas, they'll save viewing royalty money. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think how to word, yeah, uh, word that. There, I think I, th- I think the main thing is supporting obviously the whole social distancing and and stuff, but obviously you know costs. Yeah. So massive. what? made me look into this was because i saw it reported earlier the uk and irish box office are down over 50 percent between friday to sunday this last weekend so over a week ago for when you're listening to this cine world are now reporting that they have had a loss of well their stocks at the beginning of the week were 150 pound a share and now it's 21 pound a share that is a staggering drop it was over 40 percent sorry they dropped over 40 points just this morning they've gone back up a few Mm. but not many shocking that's really crazy isn't it yeah it's mad it's like cinemas right now in the states uh applying for kind of like bailout money and funding from the government especially in the u.s um that is asking for government bailout uh following the closures like AMC and try and keep themselves in. I mean, we've heard today that just what was it? Cineworld are letting off letting off staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it's 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 going to happen because how are these chains when they have no way of making income? You know, they they don't have any kind of online sales. They're not able to show any films. The cinemas aren't even open. They have no revenue coming in apart from Odeon have the limitless subscriptions, mm-hmm. which, let's be honest, right now, if you have a limitless subscription, are you really going to keep it running? You know, unless you've already prepaid a 12-month annual plan or something. Yeah. Um. You know, whether or not these cinema chains, if you pay for something like that, whether they are, 
you know, going to reimburse you in any way. We don't know. If you do have a subscription, uh, you know, let us know. You know, how are you meant to still pay staff's wages? Unless you're very clever as a company, you've sat on a backup of money. Unless you've got something in the bank, some business savings, then you've not really got a way of paying. I mean, a lot of the stuff in the UK now with the uh, the business loans is it's a lot of for small businesses and stuff that need that mm-hmm. to survive. Like, what about the bigger companies? I mean, we've got clothing retailers, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I've heard that today being being the Thursday before this episode comes out in the UK, I know River Island have announced that stores are going to be closed. Well, that's what I was about to talk about because I used to work for them. I've still yeah. got contacts within the company. They are close. Our local store is closing today at five o'clock. They normally close at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow they're closing at five o'clock and then they close for the foreseeable future. Yeah, Their staff are still going to get paid for what shifts they should have been working, luckily because they are an international brand and they do a lot of business online. Luckily, they've got enough money to do that, but other places just don't have that money. Like, Sydney World clearly doesn't have that much money. Our town centre, our local town centre, has just, like, had a major overhaul and they've built the new Sydney World, which we went to the day it opened, didn't we? I just went on now to see what film Sydney World are showing to see, like, whether people would risk really going out to see it. Our local Cine World, which has been open two, three months. It's not been very long. It's fairly new, isn't it? It's one of the ones that is closed. So there's only one screening of something tonight, which is a live broadcast. Oh, no, it's not a live broadcast. It's a rebroadcast of VE Day 75 live from the Albert Hall. It's the only thing that you can get a screening for. But even that, I don't think, is going to be shown. Oh, no, that's tomorrow. Yeah, anyway, there's not a lot being, you know... it's closed. There's no dates for anything. Oh, no. No, wait. Sorry, I'm reading that date completely <laughs> wrong. That's in May is the next time it's showing anything Okay, at, at the moment. So that's a brand new cinema that they've spent so much money on. I don't want to predict how much, but it's yeah, a big... Yeah. It's got, it what, a huge 12, investment. 12 screens and a super screen. Yeah, and it's in a brand new development in our town yeah, as well. Yeah, and that is closed now. So, yeah, we're talking cinemas closing. We're talking the layoff of staff. It's going to be extremely hard to recover from a situation like that and eventually just go back to business as normal. So leading us on from that, there's a lot of talk. I mean, I've got an, an article here from uh, MovieWeb, which is kind of the the reason for us doing this episode on this topic mm-hmm. about how they're predicting that the movie business is going to change forever in terms of we're looking at what Disney and... Well, not Disney, Marvel. We're talking uh, Warner Brothers, which okay. is what we meant. Not Warner Brothers. <laughs> I'm Universal. Universal got there, there in go. the end. About how they're moving to an earlier release with The Invisible Man and and The Hunt. Yeah, moving to home releases instead yeah, of cinema so, releases. So how these are moving to home release and how they're going to be available to rent on uh, on-demand platforms from this Friday or last Friday if you, when you're listening to this. And will this be a way that a lot of other movie movie production companies and stuff will follow suit? I mean, we've seen stuff like this in the past, like Annihilation got shipped to Netflix in the UK. It got a very small cinema release for a week before it came to Netflix and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it it's not unprecedented. It's been done before and these films have reached a certain amount of success. But I think if you do stuff like that, it's no nowhere near going to hit the financial levels of, say, Endgame or something mm. like that. Like, if Endgame launched at home, it would have had massive day one viewership, which it did anyway in the cinema, mm. but the gross take-ins would have been so much lower, so it wouldn't have got the press around it that it did. Like, obviously it would have, because it was Endgame, but I mean, like, it wouldn't have been the biggest movie financially ever. Yeah. So it, it's strange, like... They could definitely do it to keep their audience and to keep films coming out and it'll be a sign of good faith, which I think a lot of cinema, a lot of film companies need nowadays is a touch of good faith because they seem to just be like taking and fucking with films and like beating down the filmmaking process into just a system to churn stuff out to make money. Mm. So it might it might work out for them, but I don't think it's the future going forward. It's okay. 
it, it can be in small doses, but I think they need to cherry pick what films they put out like that. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting because I think I, I lean towards the opposite side, which will obviously make this a much more interesting okay. conversation. Um, this article talks a little bit about how a similar change happened, obviously minus the pandemic, with CDs, uh, records into MP3s and then and where we are now. To listen to an album on release, you would have to go out and buy the CD and listen to it, and that would be. I remember it. Yeah, we. I think we were <laughs> we were in the kind of generation growing up where we kind of moved away from that. In that we we were in that transitional phase yeah. as it was happening. So some of us, you know, in our age, would be purely digital. Some of us would go out and buy the albums. Right. If we go back even further. Um, you only were able to go out and buy a record from yeah. a record shop, a yeah. specific record shop. Well, let's think of the record shop like the cinema. You go there for that purpose, you buy a record, and that's your main way of income, right? Mm-hmm. So this talks about that and how when MP3 came around, obviously it shifted that music industry quite a lot, and everything moved towards online. We did see... You know, for a while, it's kind of changed a little bit now because obviously vinyls come back in and a lot more people are getting records and stuff and more physical versions of stuff now. Maybe not, maybe not um, CDs as such, but you know, you get different versions and stuff and, you know, different prints and stuff. And it's a collector's item now to do that. It's come back into fashion. When the MP3s came around, obviously record shops closed and like we saw it ourselves with HMV. Yeah. HMV dipped and it closed and then it came back it got saved right yeah what year was that that was like 2015 ish yeah we like our local one closed for a long time it's reopened again now yeah right so we we live in warrington right no one's gonna no one's gonna care about finding us or whatever so we live in we live in a small town called warrington which is between liverpool and manchester and when hmv closed we had this unit in warrington that was a hmv for a long time it closed it reopened as a Forehead, uh, it was called. Forehead, which was just another HMV, really, yeah, it was wasn't a knockoff. it? Yeah, essentially. Um, Kept and, all the same staff and everything. Yeah, and then it closed again. And then when HMVs come back, because it's now focusing a lot more on, you know, it sells like pop vinyls, it sells comic books, it sells pretty much everything now. Yeah. Uh, then it's reopened again and it's had to adjust. So maybe it won't be like that forever with cinema, but maybe it's going to go through a really big transitional phase after this. I, I find it's, I don't know, I think it's going to be such an operation after everything that's happened to reopen stuff. And and the other thing you're going to have a problem with is if these video-on-demand services do well, if Universal makes a lot of money from The Invisible Man, The Hunt, and well, you know, versus what their cinema box office release would be, could it be... What, what are you laughing at? It's just, I, I try to keep it in, but the way you said the invisible man, it just, you sort of merged them into one word. It was just like the invisible man. The invisible man. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it just tickled me. Carry on. So yeah. I agree. <laughs> you, you agree. So yeah, I mean, how do you then, let's say, for example, it, it goes well. Who then is going to follow suit? You're going to get potentially Black Widow. Look at the Rise of Skywalker coming out so soon. If if people adjust to digesting media that way, why would then someone go out to? Yeah, you'd pay the experience to go and watch it in a cinema, but you go to a cinema because that is where you're going to watch that film. You can't get it online. You're not going to watch a crappy filmed-on-a-phone copy, are you? But if you have the option to watch it from home, on the move, to see and digest a film and just be in the know, more people now are wanting to be included, more in the know, up-to-date, versus anything else right now right yeah. it's like having it's like having the latest iphone for example people want to know the film they want to talk about the film it's such you know there's such a spoiler culture now isn't yeah there? yeah i totally agree with what you're saying yeah. like but i feel like like you said it's the experience like when you used to buy, uh, go buy a record or something like that you would then go home and listen to it by yourself mm. like when mp3s and spotify and stuff came around like it was still an insular experience. You still got the same experience, no matter whether you went and bought it or whether you just plugged your headphones into your phone and listened to it. Like you still got to listen to it on day one, 
and get the experience. Whereas a cinema, imagine if you had just watched Endgame at home, like in this position where I'm sat right now, uh, now with your TV up on the wall, sitting there watching Endgame, or when we went to see it at midnight and we were surrounded by massive like nerds like us, and that moment where Cap catches Mjolnir, Imagine the impact of those two moments. People are still going to want to see things like this in the cinema. I think that's why I said we need to cherry pick the releases. Like films like The Invisible Man, The Invisible Man, and stuff like that, they do still work on a smaller screen at home because it's a more compact, especially The Invisible Man is a more isolating horror experience. It still works on smaller screens. Whereas these big tentpole blockbuster films or what we go to the cinema to see. Mm. So I think if we just... We can't move it all like this. I think I agree with you. There definitely is a huge market for it out there. Like, if they dropped Fast and Furious 9 on streaming services or onto video on demand day one, that'll have a massive audience and loads of people will be talking about it and people will be watching it, like you said, on the commute to work and stuff like that. My trains in the morning to work in Manchester are always full of people with like iPads or phones and stuff like that watching stuff. I remember when Stranger Things season three dropped, people were like watching that on the train and stuff like that. And I hadn't seen the season finale yet. So I was like trying to figure out a place to like look on the train so that I didn't see a screen of people watching it. There is definitely this culture for it, but I feel like cinema would really start to suffer if you didn't have the cinemas to go see them at. And I feel like yeah. the films that deserved attention then wouldn't get attention. Because okay. imagine you drop loads of films out onto a streaming platform, like day one. Think about what we saw at the Oscars this year. So you had The Joker, you had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then you had Parasite. Parasite would not get a look in from most people at all. They would just be there streaming The Joker or streaming Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The smaller films would become even smaller and get lost even more. Think about these small little independent bands and stuff like that that you see. Like They have a small cult following, but they don't hit the big time because they're just lost in a sea of new releases on Spotify. Like I go onto the new release page every Friday on Spotify to see what new music's come out. But it's only ever like big names. You'll get the the occasional smaller band, but that's normally cherry picked for each individual listener. And then I'll be like, I'm sure somebody was X band was putting out music this week. And then I'll go onto their artist page and I'll find it like that. I love so, X band. Yeah, you listen to the new album. No, okay, but I will. That's a decision for later. Yes, secret. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like things will just get lost in like the noise of the internet and everything yeah. i get what you're saying so like i think when you say you said before how like if fast nine came out on streaming soon that that'd have a big following mm. i think that is maybe quite subjective in terms of that is how we would perceive that film because we wouldn't go see that in the cinema uh, uh, I don't I think, mean that. I, mean... I think then maybe you're like we would we would go to the cinema and watch black widow right yeah. because we would want that experience that is like how if you were a huge john mayer fan you yeah. might go buy john mayer's latest album on vinyl because you want that physical attachment to it which i do which sometimes. you do sometimes because <laughs> you really like john mayer, john mayer okay <laughs> yeah. but however are there enough people out there that like john mayer that much to go out and buy his vinyl or will they just buy the album on itunes or no. li- or add it to yeah. the streaming list on spotify so i wasn't trying we, to talk yeah, down yeah, about yeah, yeah. fast no no, mean, no, like, no 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 because but, that has got a very dedicated yeah, audience yeah. that's what i mean like, How, however it's a perfect example of people probably look at the films that we look at that way so there's probably a lot of people out there that would would probably stream black widow because yeah. they might not want to go out to the cinema they may you know they might want to watch it at like 11 o'clock at night or something and you know people work people have really busy schedules now you've got to take time out to go to the cinema if you can have it on a waiting list on disney plus for when you get home maybe you have to pay a little bit of a premium for that on disney plus Mm -hmm. maybe but if you have that option there's a lot of casual watchers out there that may choose to to opt into that well And, and just and just another quick point on when you spoke about um how you would you would 
rather have that experience in the cinema you're correct and when we say we had that moment with captain america in the cinema correct it's a better medium to watch something but when we have that emotional link with what happens in that film where cap catches that shield you would probably still hammer. have hammer sorry <laughs> he always catches the shield <laughs> when he catches be a uh, crap hero for you his know, one yeah, thing is yeah. the shield smacks him in the face <laughs> uh, when he catches molnir in endgame yeah emotionally right let's say maybe not on my shit tv on the wall but let's say on the better tv downstairs with the sound bar and stuff mm. uh, flexing <laughs> uh, <laughs> humble um, break yeah it's not even mine but oh well um you know let's say you know you, you're watching it on a better medium right yeah then you would still have that emotional thing of that happening you know what i mean I've... but 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 you you wouldn't have that experience where there's the sound and stuff and you you're in a cinema but is would you let's question that would people not do that now because they've not had the opportunity to watch endgame on release day at home let's say you watched endgame on release day at home not not in the cinema you would probably still emotionally react to what happens in the film the same way and dependent on your setup at home, the experience may still be good. He's he's laughing because he's either he, Chris is smiling because either he's going to come back with a really good point or he's like, oh, you're pulling my arm a bit now. But you know, you that's because we really appreciate that film. We're the people that would go out and buy the vinyl for Avengers Endgame. <laughs> that, that's the way. That, I'm that's to, the yeah. thing that you can buy. I've seen it. Yeah, you can, and we probably would. <laughs> and we go to the cinema and watch the film. But that's because we invest in it. Yeah. But if you take that limitation away from people to watch it at home and make it a more acceptable format, which it could be after these next few months, do you lose the need of people saying, well, I I don't really need to go watch it at home? The question is, is do movie studios adapt and go that way with it? They would, they'd have to, we'd have to wait and see. But could, could the movie experience change that way? I reckon it could. I I don't disagree with you. I think... So I have got a good point, like you were saying, like, that smoke was because I got a good point. Just to capitalise on what you just said at the end then, I think if we start doing stuff like that, it's going to be hard to go back. I think cinema ticket yeah. sales will plummet and struggle to regain Yeah, we'll see. once the, people have to start going back to the cinema. If that happens, we would see the death of vinyl like we saw. There's not yeah. to say that it wouldn't come back because yeah. nostalgia... Well, that's the thing. Like but, nobody buys CDs nowadays unless they've got an older car and they can't they plug the phone in. Like but the difference with a vinyl nostalgia and a cinema nostalgia is a cinema is brick and mortar. Yeah, and it needs staff. A vinyl you can buy online. Yeah, it's tough, so, isn't it? It's so tough. my my point that I was going to make was um, I did this in my dissertation. So here he comes. Um, right, knuckle in for the next two hours, so listeners. Cause... I was I was studying <laughs> the impact of cinema and group listening and viewing experiences and stuff like that and it has been scientifically proven that if you view something together in a communal experience it does actually have a psychological impact on how you perceive the media and also it has a physical reaction on your body if you see a horror film with other people then when you leave because you've shared trauma and pain like because fear is technically a form of pain it then heightens your pain receptors so once you see anything, like with a group of people, your emotional limitations are higher. Like your body, um, I'm stumbling over my words now. So your body releases different pheromones and stuff like that from a group viewing experience, where whether it's happy, happiness, sadness, fear, whatever. So when you leave, your pain receptors are higher. You're more... Um, you'll tolerate higher pain levels was what I was trying to get to. And also, you also understand the people in your community better. You have a greater social connection to more people after having an experience like that. So like I was saying, I chose that moment because I know when we saw it in the screen, people were like, oh, that was one of the best moments in cinema for me because I just felt this buzz, my hairs were standing on end, having everybody reacting like the same way and stuff like that. Mm. Whereas if we were at home, like if me and you watched that film, day one together and stuff we would still have that reaction mm. but our then social connections to the people around us when we left might not be as high as where if we saw them so if we take that big thing take that bit right yeah you you when you watch a film and you know you you have that moment like 
when we watched The Force Awakens and the crawl came on and everyone applauded. Yeah. Yeah, you have that moment, right? But when you when you leave the cinema, you you not you don't talk to those people. You you talk to your mates and stuff. So you might go watch Endgame with a group it, of. So you might go watch it with a group of five of us. Yeah. So would you say that? Yeah, there's a there's a factor that people's reactions around you is 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 a big factor to it. But is the bigger factor not that you're experiencing that with people whose views you care about, who you're in the row with, so, versus strangers in the audience? So this study that you, they and could you not re, re replicate that experience if you had like a, a premiere night at your house where you had like a few mates over and stuff? And yeah, definitely. But like this study, it was complete strangers. They didn't know anybody else in the cinema. Mm. It was all a complete random group of strangers. But what I mean is like if you go and see say, like, Parasite or Moonlight or Manchester by the Sea or something like that, a more character-driven drama. Those films are very much about the human condition and stuff like that. And if you view that in a cinema experience, even if you don't know the people, as you leave, you will have a greater understanding of community, society, people themselves. So you can get that sat by yourself, but it makes the... Like makes it a lot more insular. You look at yourselves typically, whereas when you watch it surrounded by people, it creates a bond between and a unity of a community. That's what I feel like. If we move completely digitally, we will start to lose our connection to cinema and film. Whereas, like I said, when you bought a vinyl, or you bought a CD, or even if you listen to it on Spotify, you're typically listening to it alone, aren't you? Like. You'll have your headphones and you'll be listening to it. If you buy a vinyl, you'll go home and listen to it. You might have maybe one other person there with you, say, buy a vinyl, take it home, put it on my vinyl player, and have my door open like my parents in the house and stuff would hear it as well. But you're not having a connection to it. It's still an insular thing. So when it all moved digitally, it didn't really change the experience that much. Whereas if you change the cinema to purely being online or home release and stuff like that you're not going to have as many groups of people going out and viewing it together so we will lose our connection to cinema Mm -hmm. and the filmmaking process sounds weird but maybe would you reckon that there would be a gap in the market for maybe not cinemas but maybe smaller more independent either movie houses that could do streaming parties or something when something comes out or maybe it could be you know a more common thing i was i was in manchester not long ago and there was a what was the coffee place called i think i think it's foundation coffee in manchester Mm -hmm. shout out because the place is really nice they were showing the joker on the day or the night before it came out on digital Uh, no not on digital on physical blu-ray release it must have been the night of otherwise they wouldn't have been able to show it but there was quite a few people there watching it, and maybe is is that what it looks like then? It let let's say it does, you know, cinema chains and stuff stop opening. Do you reckon it? You reckon there's maybe space for that, or maybe I think we would have to. Yeah, I think you would have to to otherwise people would they would lose the passion for film. I think like you, it's a fantastic like, business idea as well. It if is. It does well, happen. We, yeah, we've seen viewing parties for like. Game of Thrones and stuff like that. The final episode of Game of Final series of Game of Thrones there was bars and restaurants and stuff like that that were doing every week. They were doing viewing parties and they would sell out. And like that's where we see like the reaction videos from like when Arya killed the Night King. Spoiler alert. Yeah, and stuff like that. Like yeah, and and things like that are great, especially for TV shows because you don't normally have that communal aspect. And a TV show is a perfect example because you never you you're never gonna watch a tv show for the first time in a cinema cinema, are you and people only ever really digest say game of thrones or let's say the mandalorian in you know on on tv screens or laptops and stuff and i think i think that's why they have a much bigger internet following around a community because you don't have that shared instant reaction that you do in a cinema you go online to seek it out yeah, and I feel like it is definitely possible if we move to a streaming platform for films and stuff. But I feel, like I said, you won't get the small filmmakers would start to die out almost. Like you wouldn't get the same impact. Most filmmakers that you see or hear, and I know when I wanted to get into film and stuff like that, it was always like 
you have a definitive experience, typically in a cinema or something. Would, don't would you? you say it's going to affect the the make, like the craft of films, though, as yeah. much as uh, versus just? I mean, let's look at music production, for example. Mm-hmm. While we're on the topic of the craft, yeah, music production has changed a little bit. You've got a lot more independent artists out now, being you know self producing and stuff. But that's come a, come with the times of the equipment and software and stuff and you know ways of learning is a lot more accessible than what it ever has been but would you would you think so yeah sorry you agree that that the craft is will be damaged by the idea of the releases being more accessible i suppose what is that because of the amount like the the budget in maybe because of big cinema blockbuster releases that there won't be as much money in it well for... you need to think straight away like people uh, the income of a film will probably be halved at the minimum like because of like we discussed the price of a rental versus the price of a cinema ticket and like you said you could have 20 people around to watch the premiere of black widow mm. for like a seven quid release unless they hike the price up in which case people will be like I'm not going to pay it, it's too expensive, I'll, I'll wait for it to come out on DVD for like 12 quid. So the income of films will drop, so then the budget of films will drop as well. Mm. And with the price of how much it costs to make a film nowadays, you just won't be able to make the same films anymore. Yeah, I suppose. And I suppose and then you, independent yeah. filmmakers just won't have a job at all. Like You saw like when it went on uh, when music went digital and stuff like that a lot of artists did start to struggle because they weren't earning any income yeah and um, whereas now luckily like it's stabilized and like you said people are able to do a lot more for themselves a lot cheaper and you are able to put music out there more freely now because you don't need to pay to get physical copies made mm. so like you can compare the two industries a bit but i don't think it's it's apples and oranges. It's not the exact same thing. Of course, it's, it's not, not directly yeah. comparable. Sam, this is the most real conversation we've ever had on this podcast. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm enjoying Chris. this conversation. Have you got anything else to say about this? I mean, we've kind of talked this a little bit. Like we we've definitely shared our thoughts. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to know what other people think. Definitely, let us know. Like, I'll have this conversation loads, and I I'm willing to have people. Try uh, change my mind. Try yeah. and change my mind, like, or just bring some sort of fresh insight. Like, I'll try and change your mind, Chris. <laughs> I'll try and change your I'm mind. All about the digital revolution, like, Chris. Like we both said, we both understand each other's thing, and I think it's not a black and white answer. I don't think it's like only stick to cinemas. I don't think it's only stick to thing because we're already seeing it. Like I said, with annihilation and films like yeah, this. Yeah, I think we are we, able to move to digital releases, yeah. and it still work. I think it. I th- what I'd like to see is a hybrid of the two. Yeah. Like what we saw with Annihilation, it's the perfect example. My only fear is that we want a hybrid of the two because... Or the Irishman as well. Yeah, exactly. But I, the problem is, is like for those people that would go see it at a cinema, is keeping a cinema open and employing staff. And is it, you know, at that point, is it enough if you give the... The, the, the real test, I think, that's going to happen and we're going to see is if places do decide to release stuff digitally a lot sooner than what they normally would. I think that when we see that happen, that'll be the real proof in the pudding, that mm-hmm. it'll either kill it off, or you will still people ha- you still have people go to the cinema, won't you? Yeah. And I think once a company or once someone takes that risk of doing that, I think that's when we'll we'll get an answer. But it's it's tough, isn't it? It's a it's a real tough one because you know we're not we're assuming that someone would take the risk of putting it out right now. All we're seeing is digital releases come out sooner, and whether or not people would, would just wait for digital releases if they do come out sooner, or whether it's just a temporary thing because of the pandemic. I, th- it's a I tough think one. I think the answer is in the grey in between. Like, I think what might be a good solution is maybe if we keep the tentpole films in the cinemas or like anything with one of my favorite things is our screens so it's a thing in the uk where like you can nominate a local cinema and you nominate a film to be aired there like i went to see some of the studio ghibli films and stuff like that and if you can sell enough tickets to that screen and they'll put it on 
mm-hmm. and you can go sell a cinema screen out to see a 20, 30-year-old film and stuff like that, yeah. which is great. And I think st- maybe smaller films could move online, so films that would typically get lost in the cinema. Mm. It um, might be a so- good thing for more indie films because if more people are used to... You know, I mean, look at some Netflix shorts that are Netflix films that are that are really well, popular. I, I was about to mention films. Parasite. Imagine if Parasite in the UK had dropped on Netflix, and it Netflix had given it the buzz like Oakja, same director that came out to quite a big viewership on Netflix straight away. Yeah. So, say if Parasite this year had gone onto Netflix, it had still been available for Oscars and stuff like that. Because I think that's the biggest thing that's keeping small films in cinemas rather than on streaming sites is for the awards. Mm-hmm. I think if we move smaller releases onto streaming services so that they get the credit and the viewership that they deserve and we keep the big tentpole blockbuster films and then maybe some of the smaller films that are nominated to go into cinemas, mm-hmm. that'll keep the cinema chains alive. It will get it allows us to still have those same experiences, and then smaller films are also getting a bigger viewership because they're going out onto more regularly available streaming services. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the answer in the middle. Maybe I think it's just about cherry picking what films are released digitally. Damn, damn, we we talked i really enjoyed that. real talk i really enjoyed that real talk you guys let us know what you think like we said we're willing to have our opinions changed or just new information stuff that we might not have thought yeah, about make up make a different point wrong. of view yeah stuff like that we definitely probably got some things wrong 100 percent. but however it's an interesting time generally whether or not this comes a massive change or whether things just revert to how they are and we might look back on this and think god imagine when we thought cinemas weren't going to be a thing anymore yeah. you know but yeah it's one of them yeah let us know as well if you enjoyed something like this um obviously it's not the greatest time no terms to be talking about this thing on we've not chose to review a movie this week we've chose to talk about a topic that's really important we chose to talk about movies yeah movies in general and to be honest with you this is just a really big news story right now it's taken from taken from an article that we've seen and it's been a bit refreshing to not sit here and review a movie to be fair yeah Um, one last thing i want to ask you then is are you still going to be as excited or willing to go out to the cinema for these films that have been delayed do you think you'll still make the push to go out and see them in the cinema when they are finally finally released i think you know what if let's say if black widow came out on streaming on disney plus before we got a chance to go to the cinema but if it was a week difference between me waiting to go to the cinema or watching it and not going to the cinema, I'd probably watch it and not go to the cinema. Yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't personally I wouldn't pay for my Disney Plus subscription. Let's say it comes yeah. out on there. Maybe pay a little bit of a premium to watch it as a blockbuster, and then also then pay to go watch the cinema because I think with the cinema it's that first time you watch it and it's yeah. the experience all at once i don't think i would they then no time to die it's not coming out online well, yeah it's, it's coming out in six months say it's five months down the line and it's about to come out are you excited are you now gonna go see it in the cinema or are you put off now um well i might put off and wait for it to come out do you mean on like a, yeah like so like maybe Blu-ray wait or something? Eight, eight months yeah instead no, of the six months yeah. wait eight months and get it on dvd i think with the circumstances of the films that have been delayed, I think that's almost like we were so close to being able to watch it, so I probably would go to the cinema. Okay. Plus, I think that, you know, if cinemas are that close for that long, we've not been the cinema, we wouldn't have been the cinema in ages. So yeah. I think that plays a big factor in why I would go and watch it. I'd say I'm still just as excited. Yeah, I think I, think I yeah. am. I think that's why I don't need, we don't need to worry about these films as much. I think they're still going to get a pretty good viewership when they come out. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Right, we're going to wrap it up there. Let us know what you want us to cover in the future because it is a bit slow for new releases at the moment, as yeah. we just said. We might um, just pick some topics and talk about topics. Yeah. I've quite enjoyed doing yeah. this. I've, I also thought... Uh, Unless we all go into lockdown and we can't see yeah. each other again, Chris. We can do out. this over Skype. We yeah. can both record independently. And yeah, send we'll it 
Westworld season three's just started, so maybe we catch up on Westworld because it's something that I've always wanted to watch. Clone Wars series. Clone Wars. Yeah, there's quite a um, bit. Maybe some TV bits so, next week. Yeah, so let us know what you want us to cover. You can let us know on Twitter at GetRealPod, on Instagram at GetRealPod, on Facebook, GetRealPod, and our email address is GetRealPodUK at gmail.com. So let us know on any of those forms what you want us to cover, your opinions on what we've discussed today. And Sam, where can you listen to us? Where you listen to us right now, listeners. And as well, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a like, rating, review, five stars, thumbs up. We are available on YouTube. Subscribe to of us course on we there. Are. Yes. Leave a comment on there because we'll definitely read the comments on YouTube. So that's another place to get in contact with us. Absolutely. Right. Thank well, you so much. Take care, everybody. Try to stay safe. Follow, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Follow <laughs> your own government's guidance wherever you are. We know we have listeners all over. So, yeah. Um, if you are a UK listener, what I have been doing over these last few episodes is just putting the coronavirus guidance in the description as well. Yes. Uh, we'll do our little bit. Stay safe. Make sure you do too. And we'll catch you next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>